0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Mother Other. My name's Amy Pearson, and I'm your host. Today's guest is the wonderful Naomi Chrysalakis, a postpartum doula, cook, writer, and mother. I have to admit, I was quite nervous to interview Naomi. Not only does she run her own wonderful podcast called Tales from the Fourth Trimester, but she also worked in journalism for a long time, interviewing some pretty big names. So interviewing a journalist felt incredibly intimidating to me, but I quickly relaxed when I felt Naomi's warm and encouraging vibe. Are your mum of littles, have you noticed how quickly they grow and change? I was just looking at a picture that I took yesterday of my son, and I noticed that he has grown so much recently, it's actually completely wild. If you're feeling this too, and you'd like to pause this moment in time of your little ones, I would love to photograph them for you. I've been documenting families, kids, pregnant women, newborns for years now, and I seriously adore what I do. It brings me so much joy to capture these fleeting moments for people. Jump on my website, amypearsonphoto.com, and we can have a chat. So back to today's conversation, it was partially interrupted by my son, and I want to be transparent here with my listeners about this project. It's really not super easy to start a podcast with a five-month-old baby. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I have to rearrange my day for interviews, I have to make sure my baby is fed and asleep or has another carer around, usually my husband, but I do thoroughly enjoy these conversations and sharing them with you all, so I push on. This conversation is a bit longer than usual, uh, but I didn't want to cut Naomi's super insightful contributions down, so I decided to go ahead with a bigger episode We discuss Naomi's shift from glossy magazine journalist to mother and postpartum doula, the importance of rest and recovery during the elusive fourth trimester, creating rhythms and rituals as a family, the difficulty of maintaining catch ups with friends whilst running a business and parenting, and learning to surrender. Naomi gives some incredible advice about how important it is to rest and let your body heal postpartum, how to manage social niceties and be firm with your boundaries and managing expectations from the very beginning. This episode is really insightful for any pregnant or soon-to-be mothers out there or even family and friends of those who may be experiencing birth and the fourth trimester sometime soon. Once again, thank you so much for being here. I can't even begin to explain how much it means to me having you all listen and send me messages on Insta and review on iTunes. It is just really, really warming and comforting knowing that I'm helping other women out there who are going through lots of strange feelings and emotions and struggles as mothers. We are all in this together, really. So here it is, episode number six with Naomi Chrysalakis. Enjoy. Enjoy. This is Mother Other and I am Amy Pearson. But thank you so much for taking time out of your night to chat with me. No worries at all. I know that you're a really busy, busy lady. you got lots going on. So I discovered you through Instagram, I'm sure as most people do. And I immediately wished I'd found you before my fourth trimester Um, Hmm. because you're a postpartum doula delivering amazing food to women around Sydney and also outside of Sydney, right? Like cookies and things like that?
1: Yeah. So I can post um, the non-perishable stuff, the cookies and the the tea. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And um, you also offer in-home support to new mums. I do. After their births. Yeah, amazing. And you also run a podcast called Tales from the Fourth Trimester, which I love and listen to oh, religiously. So, yeah, thanks so much for coming on and chatting with me tonight. My pleasure. Um, am I right in thinking you are also a writer?
1: Yeah. So my background in journalism, yep. um, I worked as a writer and editor for – Ten years for magazines, um, like Marie Claire, Women's Health, Cosmo. I spent four years freelancing over in LA. Um, yeah, so my up until the end of last year, I was working as the features editor at Stella magazine, which is the uh, the glossy lift out that comes with the Sunday paper. Mm-hmm. And I still do a little bit of writing here and there um, when people ask me to do projects that I'm interested in. I've yeah. just done a copywriting projects for AMZ and so I'm more – I'm doing less editorial stuff and more of the copywriting and content work but it's um, very much on the back burner – Um, while I build my business
0: yes amazing business Um, and your Instagram is full of supportive advice and um, that's another thing I found really helpful when I stumbled upon your Instagram because it was after I came out of the fourth fourth trimester but it was sort of still all very new to me because I've only just had my first baby so for anyone that's listening definitely jump on I'll leave the links to your account on the podcast show notes, mm, could you please describe, who, oh, not describe, could you please explain who
1: who you are a mother to? I am a mother to Margot and Margot turned three in June. So she is a, oh, gosh, how do I describe her? She's a firecracker. Mm-hmm. She is um, super sassy, super smart, super bolshy. <laughs> She's yeah. just personality patch I when I was pregnant and thinking about what sort of child would I like now of course I'm like slightly horrified that I was trying to mold my child but I was <laughs> like I just really would love to have a strong girl and I was like I want to choose a strong name for her and I really got a strong girl to the point where I'm like wow can you maybe like some days not be <laughs> strong I really just you know, like yeah. give in for a second she's um yeah she's really fun and she's kind of at that age now where she's just coming out with the funniest stuff mm. and she's so much her own person with her own relationships and I'm really enjoying yeah age three yeah three's mm. a great age isn't that's it? the best age they're just funny I mean I feel like my husband and I is like at every stage we we'll have been like oh four months it's the cutest and then you know every <laughs> point we're like oh no this is the best yeah but yeah I'm enjoying free because she's also quite independent um which is you know it's nice it's, I remember it very much in early motherhood feeling sometimes quite claustrophobic and frustrated because I had stuff to do and mm. um she needed me so much and while that's lovely it's also so hard just how much they need you oh absolutely Um, so yeah she needs me a bit less now and it's actually kind of a bit sad like this morning she um I I was plaiting her hair for preschool and she's like um I'm sorry mum but I'm gonna ask Georgia like one of the Educators there to do it for me uh, because she's better than you at oh, putting. Uh, like, mm, okay, but it's true, she is. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, that would be so strange how your children all of a sudden have all of these different kind of carers and things and experiences yeah. outside of you, and I can't imagine. Yeah. Um. So, did you always envision being a mum? Is that something that you wanted?
1: Yes, I think as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to have kids and I sort of thought two, three, four, Mm. uh, and that changed when I had one. I couldn't even consider having a second one for like the first six months. If anyone even brought it up, I felt like I was going to vomit. It's funny that people Um, bring that up, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, God, um, <laughs> to, You know, cut someone's and it's yeah. But yeah, um, I definitely always wanted kids. I always loved babies. My mum was actually, she had been a midwife before I was born. And so she kind of became a bit of a de facto doula oh, for wow. a lot of people. Yeah. Like a lot of sort of friends and part of her community, like sh- she's in a church. And so yeah. people like that, um, she was often the one who was going around to people's houses and offering advice on breastfeeding, and going around and bringing them food. So I very much saw her doing that and mm. got quite used to having um, babies in my sphere. Yeah, uh, which I think probably gave me made me a bit overconfident, um, maybe a little bit arrogant about. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah, cool. I've got it. I know babies. I'm <laughs> yep. all over this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, did you have? Do yeah, you have a big a- family or? Uh, it's just me and my brother. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and I don't have any um, cousins. My mum's one of three. My dad's an only child, but my mum, my mum's um, siblings didn't have kids. So um, I always kind of loved the idea of a big family, but also um, I, I wasn't. I, I'm quite pragmatic about, or I, I felt like I was pretty pragmatic that, you know, we want to be able to, um, you know, still be able to afford to to go on a holiday and not worry about, yeah. you know, that kind yeah. of I – was, I was always kind of aware of of the limitations around having a big family. But my husband's one of four. Okay. Um, and pre-baby, he would have been really keen to have, like, four kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love how you say pre-baby. like Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pre-baby. Well, now it's, like, the, the fantasy of it versus the reality. Like oh, totally. Don't get me wrong. I – I, I um, we, we love – Margot, and we're thinking about mm. having another baby now. But mm. um, it's just that, that you know, idea of, oh, oh, yeah, how fun it will be with like a big brood of children. And then, of course, you hit with the reality of yeah. what life is like with kids and it's a bit of a different story. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I remember the – the, it was even, you know, a few months after I gave birth, I was saying to people, why do people do this again? This is so full on. And I had an amazing oh, yeah. birth experience too. But now mm. I'm going – Maybe I could give it a go again. I reckon I could probably do that. You know, like it's kind of Yeah. <laughs> isn't there I heard there was like a hormone that um we produce that helps yeah. you forget
1: yeah, yeah, totally. Amnesia. Yeah, right. It's,
0: it's a thing. Yeah. Mm. So interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Um so Just to help the species go, to yeah, keep going to get going. It's
0: so true. Yeah. Um, you said before, um, that you were when Margot was young, you were sort of struggling a little bit with you had things to do and, you know, they need you a lot at that time. Did you feel like you needed to decide between your career at that point and being a mum?
1: No. I think my problem, it was less about career and more about feeling restless and um, something that I have always, struggle with and still struggle with but I'm trying to be much more conscious of is Mm. just being in the present moment Mm. and not jumping ahead to well what do I have to do next and um, I actually put something up on my Instagram a couple of weeks ago which was uh, talking about how if we can't just enjoy like if you're busy washing the dishes but you're washing the dishes to get to your cup of tea that's sitting there you're not you're never going to then be able to enjoy the cup of tea because you'll be Mm. drinking the cup of tea thinking about the washing that needs to be done Mm. and I think that really hit home for me because in my postpartum you know it is such a small season short season and I did spend quite a bit of it feeling uh like wish almost wishing it away um and wishing for a time that I could she was feeding less and sleeping more and I would get more time to myself and I'd get things back. And Mm. um, now, of course, with the benefit of hindsight Mm -hmm. and knowing that things do change so quickly, um, I kind of go, well, I hope next time around I can stop and just enjoy it more for what it is. Yeah. Knowing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Um, Not to say that I'm going to be some kind of then – you know, guru about it all. I'm sure I won't. Um, But in terms of work, I had plans. So I, when I was pregnant, I was freelancing and I uh, didn't have a job to go back to as such when I um, was returning to work. But I got approached when Margot was, oh, she was only quite small, two or three months old um, to go back to Murray Claire, which is where I'd started my career. Um, And they wanted me to start when she was four months old and I had no way I wouldn't be able to do it. But then they offered me um, just a a two-day-a-week role when she was seven months old. So um, they were willing to wait until then. And I sort of angsted about it, but I did decide to take it on Mm -hmm. because I felt like maybe I would be ready by that point and it was only two days and I could always quit if it wasn't working and it would be just enough money to make me feel a little bit more, you know, secure about our finances yeah. and, and just help pay some bills. So I, I did that when she was seven months and um, it was good, you know. It was it was two days a week and then I, got, I eventually went up to three days a week and, um, yeah, so I never really felt like I had to choose. That's good, Yeah. Uh, I I almost feel like now it's a bit more tricky. Yeah. Um And I'm now struggling with um, running a business. It's a little bit more different. It's a little bit different because I find it harder to switch off mm. and harder to set the boundaries. And um, I am so aware, like in the double edged sword of seeing her grow up and seeing her become this. Um, you know m- so much more mature but I'm also going oh my gosh she's only going to be small for such a, a short period of time yeah so I'm actually at the moment in the in the um, throes of trying to decide with preschool next year whether she's going to go two days or three days and whether I want to have an extra day with her if I can make that work with my business and yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. so yeah. how how is how much care are you um getting support with at the moment for Margot?
1: So she's in preschool three days a week, which yep. is just a walk down the road. It's a, like a three-minute walk, which is amazing. Yep. And she, she goes to my parents on a Thursday, which is the day that I do deliveries. So sometimes that's um, – like I usually spend about half a day doing deliveries. And then in the afternoon, it just depends on what's happening. Sometimes I might get an appointment in that I need to get in or I might go and hang out with her at my parents. But most of the time I head over there at like 3 o'clock. I hang out there with her um, for the afternoon, and we have dinner with them, and then we pick up my husband and and go home. like she has a bath there and everything. So it's kind of like I guess probably three and a half days yeah. of, of care would be three and a half to four. Yeah, that's yeah. Nice. and then I have her. Yeah, I have her um, on a Friday, uh, the two of us, and then yeah, we can
0: yeah family weekend. Yeah, cool. And mm. so going back to um, your business, your amazing cooking skills is that something that you sort of had for a long time and then used it to start your business later or is that something that you sort of learned after you'd
1: um I I don't know whether I call them amazing <laughs> but, it looks amazing from I what love- I can see <laughs> I love cooking yeah. I've always loved cooking and I was I guess I was kind of that person in my group of friends who was like let's have a dinner party and I'm gonna over cater and yeah. do a ridiculous unnecessarily huge menu <laughs> just because I've got two girlfriends coming over and yeah. just get overly excited about food yeah and I've got a lot of emotional attachments to food like mm-hmm. I cooked a lot as a child with my Oma, my um, Jewish grandma and my mom. I cooked a lot with her and Mm. you know, like, like everyone, food is so um, tied up with memory and heritage and family. So I've always, I I guess I always had a really strong interest in food and um, I, yeah, I, I sort of felt like maybe I wanted to do something in food, but I didn't want to be a a chef or anything like that Mm. um yeah but I I I guess I I'm trying to remember how it all happened I think what happened for me was I was working in so I was back at Marie Claire and working in journalism and not feeling like it was really lighting my fire yeah um and it's also the industry is kind of in trouble so i was from mm. a practical point of view mm, don't know how long this is going to last and also this just doesn't feel like i'm doing anything with my life yeah. um no offense to journalists out there i don't mean it like that but no just not you for know, you i felt like yeah. yeah and i felt like i'd kind of like all the stuff that had excited me i felt like i i it wasn't exciting me anymore yeah um so yeah i I bought a book, which I think I just saw, you know, on Instagram on something called "The First Forty Days" by Wu, an American mm. woman with a with Chinese heritage, and I bought it because it it's a primarily a recipe book for um, postpartum, and I was having lots of friends who were having babies, and I had started to take them food, like I'd take over a spinach and feta pie and you know, whatever else. Yeah. And I was like, oh, but this is really talking about functional food for postpartum. And I've, I I, was at Women's Health for a while and I was the wellness senator at Marie Claire. And so I've always, like I had a bit of background in, oh, that's interesting food as medicine mm. kind of idea. And I got the book and I was like, oh, these recipes are fantastic. But what I found particularly interesting was how she talked about um, postpartum cultures around the world And it kind of opened my eyes to not only the special foods that women are given, but everything surrounding that, the care that they get, the um, support that they receive, the rest that's expected of them, Mm. and how different that is to our culture. And I just felt really ripped off. Yeah. Um, And like everyone in the way we're doing it is getting completely rorted. And Mm. when one in six women have depression or anxiety postpartum you know I feel like there's something going wrong yeah so it it kind of food for me was like the way into opening up my eyes about this Mm -hmm. and as soon as I read that book I was like oh my gosh I want to do this for women I want to feed them but also support them and food is kind of the gateway into that because people People do understand, you know, how food can help after you've had a baby. Um, but, you know, as much as I love lasagna, lasagna is not going to be as helpful to you as, you know, say a beautiful bone broth and lactation cookies and, mm-hmm. you know, an organic yeah. chicken liver pate. Mm. So, yeah, I, I guess I... I guess that's a very long-winded answer No, that's great. That is a great answer (laughs) because I was
0: going to say how did you – look, I was going to ask you about your journey and that's basically the journey to becoming a postpartum doula, which is amazing. Um, Something I found difficult and kind of shocking after my birth was everybody's lack of care about the mum, which in this case was me, um, which I didn't even think would be an issue at all, but all of a sudden it was, you know, you go through birth and you're sitting there in the hospital and everyone's going – uh, how's the baby? Is the baby okay? Is everything fine with the baby? Can we come and see the baby? Can we hold the baby? And I felt like, um, <laughs> no one cares yeah. about me. I mean, some people did. I have to say I have a really amazing family and my partner's amazing. Um, but it's just so interesting how many people aren't aware of what the mum is going through. Um, I was wondering, do yeah. you think there'll be more of a shift of awareness towards nurturing mums? In the future, do you think there's something shifting here or? I think so. Yeah.
1: I think so. I just think that there is so much more out there and coming into the mainstream. Mm. I mean, I still think that there's a, a long way to go, but just the idea that people kind of understand about the fourth trimester more in a way that they maybe wouldn't have a few years ago. Um, Books like The First 40 Days is, you know, super popular. Mm. Um, Another great book called The Fourth Trimester." Like there's, I see books coming out. I see podcasts coming out. I see, you know, the work you're doing. Like all of that is contributing to the cultural shift, which I think we really need. And I think as well um, things like social media, for all the slack that they get, they also have allowed – mothers and women to, um, talk about their experiences in a kind of open and honest and vulnerable yeah. way. I mean, you've also got the other end of the scale, which is like the idealized yeah. the perfect version, but yeah, I feel like, and maybe it's because I'm working in the space. So of course I notice it more, but mm. I do just feel like something is, is shifting. Yeah. And I have exactly the same experience as you did where, you know, prior to birth, you're pregnant, you're like the pregnant princess, Mm -hmm. And then you give birth and like even my mum who's a midwife and who I thought would be super supportive was holding the baby and having me make her cups of tea Mm -hmm. and like my parents would come around and not bring food with them and i'd end up feeding them like the curry that a friend had brought over the night before yeah, for us to yeah, eat yeah. you know that kind of thing it's like it's so upsetting isn't it cuz people kidding? don't
0: even they don't even realize half the time like how much it's affecting they're oblivious. you
1: yeah they're oblivious and i think it's that's why it's really important to be having these kind of conversations and why i'm constantly ranting about yeah. exactly this sort of stuff i love it yeah um on instagram all the yeah. time because yeah. i just feel like I've, had a, I've actually had quite a lot of people who don't have kids, like friends, say to me, oh, my God, thank you so much for saying that because I didn't realise and yeah. now I've got an idea that I can go around and offer to walk the dog and yep. oh, I, I, I'm so embarrassed because I – I came to the hospital and now I realise I shouldn't have done that. I'm never going to do, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's passed on through tradition
0: almost, isn't it? Like, I mean, people's parents have done it and so they think that's normal and then they just follow along. It's just people wanted to visit me in the hospital and I just said no. That's the one thing I kind of put in place. I was only there for one night but I just said no. Mm. I don't want visitors Mm. at the hospital. I just want time, you know. Do you think women need stronger boundaries um, and to know to One hundred percent. yeah. 100%
1: 100% um, because I think that that's how you change the culture as well is you, you can't just expect people to read your mind you yeah. have to tell them what you need um, and there are nice ways to do it um, one thing that um, my friend Desha Clark who is oh, yeah. um, a relationship daughter she says be kind say no Yeah, And I really think that that. there's a truth in that. It's about being clear and firm Mm. and not just going, oh, okay, and then they turn up and you're hating them being there and you're resenting them. Like that's not kind for anyone. Yeah. There are ways to just have the boundary um, and say, you know, you can just say to people, you know, when you send out that text saying, you know, baby so-and-so's here X kilos, whatever. Um, We're really enjoying bonding as a family um, and we're looking forward to seeing you soon. We'll let you know when we're ready for visitors. Yeah. End of. Yeah. You know, and it's about setting up that managing expectations from the start, Mm. Um, you know, things like putting up a sign on the door saying at all times for that first, you know, couple of weeks until you feel ready. Uh, you know, mum and baby are having a rest. If you've brought food, please leave it in the esky by the door. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, and and if you need to tell a fib, if someone's being like, "No, I'm, I'm, I really love to see the baby," I'm really sorry. We've got heaps of appointments this week. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, there's nothing wrong with doing that, mm-hmm. and it's in the end going to help you, um, which is what ultimately everyone wants is for you to be good and the baby to be good and Mm. um it's so important to rest postpartum what you don't like it's not important to socialize it's not important to be going out and having coffee it's not important to be getting up and going for walks it's important to rest if you don't rest enough you're like worst case scenario you're gonna end up with a prolapse yeah what what I always say to freak people out yeah lie down or you're gonna give yourself a prolapse yeah like you, so true. You're just not. You're just not meant to be up and mm. and running around. There's a really good reason why all these cultures have the tradition of, you know, lying in or confinement or whatever. You know, the golden month yeah. of just really, really taking it easy. Like you've got. Think about the fact that you've got an internal wound the size of a dinner plate where your placenta was. Mm. You've got a wound that you are bleeding from. That's full on. Yeah. You need, yeah.
0: You need to lie down. Absolutely. Sorry. Yeah. People don't think yeah. of it that way. Hey, um, I'm actually yeah. really sorry, but my baby is full on crying. <clears throat> Every night that I have an interview, which is once a week, he just wakes up and it's like, I said to yeah, my husband tonight, "I don't want to mess up this interview because I know that you've got a lot going on." So I was like, "If he wakes up, just go in there, turn the light on. I'll put him back to bed later." He just screamed and screamed. By oh, the time I got in there, he was like, so sad. I felt like oh, I'm so oh, felt me. so bad for him. Yeah,
1: I couldn't. I couldn't hear anything.
0: No, it's pretty far away. It's pretty far away. My husband knocks on the door just to let me know because I've got like the room shut. Yeah, but anyway, I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) Um, No, don't apologize. I think the fact that you're doing – how old's your baby? Five months old. Yeah, the fact that you're you're doing this with a five-month-old baby is amazing. Thank you. Like
0: amazing. (laughs) So I'm going to go back to um, talking about identity and how you saw yourself before – you were a mother, as a writer and an adult human, and then now being a mum and a doula. How much of a shift has there been for you in that sort of
1: area in we how you see yourself? Shift, I think. Um, God, that's a really big question. I I feel so fundamentally different to who I was mm-hmm. pre baby, and yet you know, still the same mm. person. It's so complicated and layered because I yeah. think on one hand you've got when you have a baby you've got this sense of wanting to get back to something or you know get that part of your life or you know be able to go back to having leisurely brunches and you know all that kind of thing and I think I've I spent probably the first six months to a year feeling like that and now I'm quite at peace with it's just a different thing. It's just so, so different. Um, but yes, it was mm. really tricky for me in terms of career stuff to be able to say goodbye to the writing side of things. And I guess I haven't fully said goodbye, but you know, my identity was so wrapped up in the fact that I worked in magazines and I, you know, had my network of friends and colleagues that, you know, we, we hung out with those people and, um, I, I liked seeing my name, my byline. Mm. I liked seeing my name on the masthead. Um I, I liked yeah. all of those things. I liked getting the invitations to screenings of movies. I liked being able to interview Jennifer Lopez and, you know, like all of that stuff, yeah. you know, it definitely was part of my journey and, you know, definitely part of my ego. Mm. Um, and I think for me it just got to a point where I just didn't, it didn't feel congruent for me anymore to be living that life. And I just, just lost interest. I felt like I wasn't really relating to not so much the people, like I still love the people and everything, but I just couldn't, like there were, only only so many fucks that I could give mm, yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't really giving them about yeah. that kind of work. Um, and I think I got so much more conscious of how much time I had. Like, you know, you, when you have a baby, you've got very limited amount of time. Like yeah. I don't even know what I did with all my time pre-baby. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm honestly like, what did I do? I think about but, that you know, too. You, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and then I just kind of was like, do I really want to be spending my time doing this? And it's like. Yeah. Just bored, and I think my last job—and it's nothing to do with the actual job—it was me. But I worked at, so my last job. I was doing a maternity leave cover. I did it for a year, and you know, I w- I wanted to do a good job, um, but I just I just couldn't find the care factor. Mm. I really couldn't. Yeah. Um, and that so that was only proof to me that I was ready to to yeah. shake it off and do something different. But yeah, I mean, I I definitely had lots of feelings about becoming a doula. I remember back when I started out in writing there was a woman who worked at Mary Claire who um she was like the creative director and she was also a doula and people were a bit um snide about it, you know, that sort of there was a bit of a, a bit of a joke. she's <laughs> oh, a yoga teacher and a doula, you know, oh, it was all right. poor. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I you know I I know that there's that sort of oh, you know, you crunchy hippie and but I'm yeah. like well that's kind of more where I'm at these days than yeah than who I was 10 years ago um but also I, I wanted it to be I wanted to do a business that was like well actually you don't have to be a crunchy hippie to hire a doula yeah you don't have to be into eating your placenta and um you know smoke ceremonies to be able to Expect and deserve support.
0: Yeah, so exactly.
1: I I didn't want to try and fit into because I was looking at what people were doing and I was like, oh, it's all, you know, linen and mm. yeah, you know, and I I think that's beautiful, but that wasn't really me. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I definitely had moments where I was like, oh, people are going to laugh at me. Um, you know, I do I feel like I can be a doula with a capital D? Mm. And I was like, well, I just want to make my own like carve out my own niche in this space. exactly yeah it feels like me and I I know that the stuff that I want to talk about someone's going to want to hear exactly you're Um, a different
0: crowd really isn't it
1: yeah it's totally different crowd Mm. um so yeah I mean it's definitely something that I grappled with and you know to be honest it's still something that I, I grapple with occasionally it's like I'm really happy to be to have made the change and to be doing this work but um yeah like I see friends in media doing stuff and I, I do get a little twinge of oh you know I yeah. could be doing that or yeah. I miss that a little bit um but I know that overall like I, I definitely made the right move and I love um you know I guess kind of being an entrepreneur I, I tend yeah. to think of myself more of a, an entrepreneur than like um not just a doula because no one's ever just a doula but you know I feel like I'm building a business more than
0: yeah you certainly be, are. sort of beyond that yeah and um do you think that it's something you would have been able to do had you not been a mother
1: oh interesting um i I think that I could have yeah provided support and yep. I could have done the food but I I think that one of the big things about how I'm communicating is coming from a a place of experience Mm. and I've only had one baby so I'm sure that you know I would have different experience if I had more children but um, a lot of yeah a lot of what I talk about is well this happened to me and this is what I found and this is what I what helped and this is you know the awful thing that someone said to me or the awful thing that someone did or the right thing that someone said to yep. me. So I wouldn't have been able to bring that lived experience yeah. to it. Yeah, um, I'm sure that I could have done it, but I don't think I would have wanted to do it yeah. had I not okay. been through this and understood how deeply women need support mm. and how much of a difference food can make. Like I really if you told me that, I'd be like, oh yeah, sure, I get it. But I would not, I like, I get it. Mm. I really get it. Deep yeah, in myself. For sure. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure whether people get that if they haven't had a child, like I found it really interesting seeing who my client base is. And I think most of the people are um, second and third time mums who've been through it yeah. and, and know how important support is. And there are a lot of there are first time mums who are kind of woke yeah, and okay. aware and they've read things and they've listened to my podcast and they, they get it too. But I think um, in general, it's, it's more people who've been through it you know, once and they've kind of gone, Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Like I will definitely do something next time around. I know that for sure. I'll have that.
1: Me too. Me too. Yeah, prepared. Me too. Yeah. Like this is, I was, I was the typical, I was the typical first time mum in, in so many ways. And, and that's why I feel like I, I, I get it. Like I'm not. I'm, I'm not sort of annoyed about it because I'm like I totally get that, yeah. that. I was there too. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And do you now, as a mum and a business owner, and all the things you're doing, do you feel a sense of overwhelm in your day to day sometimes? Every day. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, literally every day. <laughs> <My kids. laughs> I mean, it depends. It depends on if like I'm having a quiet week and then, you know, I'll have a week where I'm like, oh, I've got, you know, a few orders but I'm not run off my feet. I've got time to go to acupuncture. I've got time to go for a walk in the sunshine. I can pick Margo up at, you know, uh, maybe a bit early and we can hang out together. And I'm like, oh, look at this beautiful life mm. I'm crafting. And <laughs> isn't this wonderful working for myself? And then fast forward to this week where I'm like, oh, my God, I have so many orders and that's great. Yeah. but oh, my God, I have so many orders. Of course, Margot has chosen this week to have have her sleep go to absolute shit. Uh, So, like, I'm not – we're all tired. Um, You know, I've had to – I was meant to see someone who's here from overseas, I've had to cancel seeing them because I just don't have time. Yeah. And, yeah, I do think that as a business owner, there's always something to do. Like, it's Mm -hmm. it's like, yes, you can do sort of your – the need things. Like, I need to – to cook a certain amount of things and deliver a certain amount of things and see someone but there's also then like well how am I showing up in social media yeah um how am I engaging with people have I followed up with people have I lined up my next podcast interview yeah have I <laughs> responded to that person who asked me for advice about getting started in postpartum jewelry? So I have like that that feeling of overwhelmed with that and then I do definitely have guilt constantly about like am I be am I giving Margot enough of myself mm. because i you know I do worry that part of the reason that I wanted to do this business was so that I could kind of create a life that was flexible yes. and I could be there for her but often I find when it gets busy it's like I don't have like yeah I don't have time I just don't have time to be with you right now yeah like this weekend I've um I'm hosting a fir- my first, like, cooking workshop. Oh, The postpartum food. Yeah. Yeah, and so Margot is going to be with um, my husband then, and I'm going to have to spend time on Saturday prepping for that. So she's going to have a really big chunk of the weekend with him, and I'm already being like, oh, I feel guilty about that and overwhelmed by what I have on my plate. Yeah. And yeah, so I do, I do definitely feel overwhelmed. And I'm also a bit of a stress head, so mm-hmm. um, I get – flustered about oh, oh, oh yeah know, i run off, that. start running on adrenaline yeah yeah <laughs> so i'm trying i'm really working on just trying to be measured and chip away and yeah um you know not not get too bogged down in the day-to-day just try and keep my hand on the prize
0: yeah it is hard i was the same mm. last week i had so many shoots so much to do my baby was basically with my partner almost he has three days off each week, which is great so that I can work on my stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, I basically spent no time with him all weekend except breastfeed, give him back, breastfeed, give him back. And it was like, I can't do this every weekend. I need to be careful. And, you know, but I just have yeah. a lot of things to get done in, in that week. So yeah, it goes up and I down. Totally yeah, totally, and right?
1: that's a, I do think that's the thing of when you've got, like, if you're trying to get stuff done in a part time, kind of way yeah um, but it's really a full-time job or more yeah um you you're, you're concentrating that work into
0: yeah a small you know, period
1: three days or four day, yeah like I'm doing it <clears throat> sort of in four days and
0: yeah yeah it's totally. a lot it's a lot so what mm. does balance look like for you do you have are you able to balance much in your life
1: um, interestingly, a friend of mine who is a psychologist, is like, I hate the word balance and I think Ooh, we should talk about blending.
0: Oh, I like yeah,
1: it. Yeah, yeah. I can send you something. She wrote about it it's quite interesting. She's like, balance is just bullshit. Okay. And if it, that balance is, brings to mind that idea that you're constantly on a tight, tight, tight rope.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you're going to yeah. slip
1: onto one side or slip into the other side, wow. whereas we've got to think more about blending mm. and you know getting the blend right yeah okay uh, and I yep. thought that I don't know it's a kind of subtle shift in thinking but I do think that there's something in that yeah definitely um and yeah I I try like I, I at the beginning of the year when I was launching the business I was like okay I said to my husband I was like I'm going to be making time and spending money on um, self-care like just so you know I know that we the finances are tight because I'm not working full time anymore like yeah. you know in a, in a um, you know, full, full income, I guess, anymore. But I need to make sure that I'm not burning out. So yeah. I do try and get to, you know, an acupuncture appointment or, um, you know, uh, an exercise class mm-hmm. or, you know, the odd massage. or. Yeah. Um, but for me, like at the moment, the big thing that I'm trying to do is nap. Mm. So... Um, because my acupuncturist is like, you need to sleep more. Yeah. Um, not that I stay up late or anything, but I'm just, I just need to sleep. Yeah. Um, so I'm really trying to stop myself and treat myself almost like I would with my clients. And they're like, you don't need to do that thing. Just go to bed for half an hour. Yes. Um, I, I managed to do that today and that was good. Amazing. But um, yeah, I got half an hour nap, which was
0: great. Yep. But yeah.
1: But so yes, I just, I just know because I've been through it um, you know, I had all these great intentions at the beginning of the year, but I've also been through moments where um, I haven't been doing those things to counteract the stress. Yeah, and then I've gotten run down, and the wheels fall off. Absolutely, and yeah. It's all just a bit of a nightmare. Mm. So, um, and I try to like one of the things I really do try to do is not work much on the weekend. So I definitely like on a Sunday. I send my newsletter out and my husband does the podcast.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and that usually happens when Margot watches a movie. So I don't do, we don't do screen time during the week. Yeah. Um, but on a Sunday, we try and like we all sit in the living room and watch a movie and it usually looks like me doing my newsletter on the laptop yeah, right. and my husband, you know, <laughs> yep. lining his shirts or whatever. Um, but that's kind of like maybe an hour or two on a Sunday. Otherwise, we are it's kind of dedicated family time as much as possible like this weekend is an it normally because yeah. I'm I'm doing this workshop but um yeah that's nice I, I try, to have that every week I try to have that yeah, yeah. and like we have our, our little rhythms that we try that I try and keep just you know Sunday morning we go to the market and we always get a chai and yeah Um, You know, at dinner time we light a candle and just little things like that make me feel like okay. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit sort of grounded in in the rhythms that we. we That's really nice. Yeah.
0: And so I've been asking my guests what uh, things usually fall off the priority list and they're happy to just let go and not be so worried about getting done. And I've noticed for me, especially this week, it's usually. I looked at my floor and went, I don't remember the last time I cleaned my floor. My, my wardrobe is a mess. I keep my baby's wardrobe like up to scratch. He's washing and done, but mine's not great. And I don't read anymore. I used to read a lot of books and oh, I yes. sadly let that go. Um, but I yep. mean, I've chosen to do things like this instead. So what do you sort of let slip these days?
1: Well, I can totally relate on the reading front. Um, I think reading went out the window for me after I had Margot, but I have just rediscovered audiobooks. Oh, yeah. And I'm now really into listening to audiobooks while I cook or when I'm in the car mm. um, or, you know, because yeah. I, I just find that that's, that's so nice and I, I feel like I'm still um, reading. Yeah. Um, for me, unfortunately, like the... <laughs> The reality is I probably let go, like, exercise. Yep. um, Because I'm always like, right, this week I'm going to um, get to the gym four times. And then if I – just things always happen. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And that that goes out the window. Um, Friends, like I – I'm quite good at keeping in touch with friends over, like, text and stuff. But actually, face like, I was face. meant to see someone. Yeah, I was meant to see someone tomorrow and I had to cancel on them. And yeah. I just had, it's just this only a limited amount of time. Yeah. So where before Margo, it would have been half the weekend would have been seeing you know, yeah. a few different people. I just don't do that anymore. Yeah. Um, I definitely yeah, I I think a sign of like my if I'm having a bit of a bad week is if there's clothes on the floor of my room. Because, yeah. Yeah. It's like it is I have exactly the same thing of like everything just goes in pile. Yeah. Um and I don't have time to fix it and yeah. blah, 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 blah. I've got other priorities um, to deal with, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and definitely like housework I'm not I'm not really, I like to cook, but I'm not into cleaning. I'm the same, Um, yeah. So, yeah, Yeah. the house kind of um, does get a bit, you know, messy and then I go through this thing of, I just have to tidy up and oh. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So if you
0: could share with me some mothers that you admire that are also doing other things, who would you, who comes to mind for you off the top of your head?
1: Oh gosh! Okay.
0: Um, There's so many. There's so many. Hey, it's it's almost like hard to narrow it down. But I'm just interested in who you admire.
1: Um. Well, the first person who popped to my into my mind was um the Queen of Confidence. I don't know if you follow her on Instagram. Is that Erica Kramer? Oh no, I'm not sure. um, She's based in Melbourne. She's a confidence coach. Um, I started following her maybe a year or so ago after a friend told me about her. And she's um, like this sort of very sassy American woman who lives in Melbourne and has two kids. And just the amount of stuff that she packs into her day, I'm like, wow, that's mm. insane. Okay, have to look her up. Um, yeah, she's she's really she's really in terms of like the business side of things. I'm like, I don't know how you get everything done. Mm. Um, I love, I really enjoy the Nourishing the Mother podcast with Julie Tenner and okay, Richard yep. Wood. Yep. Um, and I don't agree with everything that they say, but yep. I'm always really, I love how they bring sort of this level of consciousness to mm. the way that they're raising their children and sort of having um, a business as well. Yep. Um, who else? I really love um, Kimberly Johnson who. On Instagram, she's Marga Mama, and she wrote the fourth trimester. Um, and she's got an, like an older child; um, she's about twelve child. But um, she's think- always got such interesting to say about things to say about parenthood. Yeah, I
0: think she's the one you sent me on Instagram. She, yeah, is. she yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I went on her page. Yeah. She seems amazing too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a million others that that's, I'm going to get off this call and be like, oh, my God, okay. why didn't I say that person?
0: <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> that's a good start. And um, if you could tell me what you've learned from motherhood, what would you say? If, I mean, I know that's a huge question. but oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where do you begin? But what would you say
1: to oh that? Oh, my God. Where do I begin? <laughs> I've learned patience, actually. Yep. Not that I'm patient all the time. <laughs> but... I remember having a conversation with my husband when I was pregnant and saying to him, I'm really worried because I'm an impatient person. I've got a short fuse. I would snap at him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I remember saying to me, like I'm really worried about having a like a little kid who's going to push all my buttons. And,
0: yeah.
1: You know, I don't want to be like my mom and <laughs> yell at her. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, I and he was like, No, no, you'll be fine. And he is a super chilled, patient guy. Mm -hmm. And what's been so interesting to me is that I, like, definitely don't have the patience of the same, but I've found it easier to find that patience with Margot than he has. You know what is Um, so strange about this?
0: I just said the exact thing you just said two friends of ours on the weekend Mm. same situation my husband's very patient and i after we had a baby it was like wow i'm actually pretty patient when i want to be i didn't know that i had that in me yeah yep it's interesting isn't it it must be the mother the mother thing the maternal connection yeah yeah
1: yeah And, and there's definitely times when particularly if i'm not you know, if I sort of haven't had my needs met, like I'm yeah. feeling stressed or tired or whatever, it's it's not. I, <laughs> my patience is not great. Yeah, but um, yeah, I've kind of surprised myself with that. And um, but the other, I think the other biggest thing is confidence for I me. Mean.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, I've found a level of confidence I didn't have pre-baby, mm-hmm. and I don't know how much of that is becoming a mother or maybe just I'm getting it older. I don't know, but. I just like give less of a fuck of what people think yeah. of me. Yeah, and I think it's like a maybe it's a mortality thing. It's like I'm so deeply aware of like the circle of life, and you know, <laughs> yeah, it's like you yeah, get plugged into this whole other consciousness, and yeah. kind of going, oh my god, like I, I, I'm not, I'm not mucking around anymore. Like, yeah. what do I want to do? I've got to do it. Yeah, and I've I just got to get out of my own way and Mm -hmm. like I don't know if I would be able to in fact I know that pre-baby some of the stuff that I put up on Instagram where I get vulnerable and I talk about things that I would have been so ashamed pre-baby and or even after Margot like the first when I was going through that stuff Mm -hmm. I would have been mortified to talk to anyone about it or to admit that I wasn't dealing with things as well as it appeared, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I think just over time and seeing how other people like no one's really freezing through it, yeah, um, yeah, it's just something's clicked in terms of my like I'm not suddenly super confident, but I just, just kind of stopped caring, yeah, what other people think yeah. as much. That's great, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, and and I think I'm still being taught every day the idea of surrender. Like I knew from like my birth taught me that I'm not in control. Yeah. Um. My little, my sort of fourth trimester taught me I'm not in control. Yeah. And when I surrender, I get happier. I need to work. I'm still being taught that of every course, day. Yeah. But yeah, it's like life with a small person. It's like you can't like. Yes, you you have some say over how things go, but really,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you just got to surrender.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And so, what's next for you? <laughs>
1: um, what's next for me? Well, I'm eight months into the business. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking. I'm just wanting to grow it, really. Mm. So I feel like I'm. I'm kind of, you know. I'm on a bit of a roll I guess like I'm, I'm I've gotten I think I'm out of that phase of everything feels new and scary and I don't like my processes are kind of more streamlined and that sort of thing um and so I've got yeah I've got some plans for next year um I want to do some more workshops I want to do an ebook. yeah cool. I'm looking at introducing some like distant Postpartum planning and do cool. a support call yeah, because I get a lot nice. of people from out of Sydney. Yeah, saying, "Oh, I wish you, you know, I was in Sydney." Um, yeah, there's there's a few things that um, that I've got in the yeah, work. Sounds from, exciting. Yeah, wanting to have another baby too. So Amazing. So that, like thinking about going back into your own your own
0: postpartum period.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
0: Where can people find you if they want to look up
1: your um, services? I'm always, I'm always on Instagram, so yep. I'm at Cocoon, at Cocoon by Naomi, which is C-O-C-O-O-N by yeah. Naomi, um, and my website is www.cocoonbynaomi.com. Mm-hmm. Um, as you mentioned, I've got a podcast called Tales from the Fourth Trimester yes. where I talk to women about their postpartum experiences and also experts in the field mm. um, offering their wisdom. Um, yeah, I'm on Facebook. You can email me, DM me. <laughs> cool. That's how yeah. I found you, DM'd
0: you. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on and talking oh, to me. Thanks for
1: having me. I'm sure
0: you'll be very inspirational and insightful for lots of new mums out there. Well, oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> My pleasure.
1: Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye.